Dustin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, Maurice? How are you doing? I'm good. How was your Christmas? My Christmas was really nice. Uh, just was kind of low key. My boyfriend came and spent it in New Jersey with the Bettis fam. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was really lovely. It was just kind of low key. Uh, you know, Christmas morning because our family has a tradition of opening gifts on Christmas Eve. Uh, mm-hmm. But with a growing family, with all my nieces and nephews and little kids and babies, Christmas is becoming more of a production. Uh, but it's nice because Christmas is about the kids. So yeah, yeah. we had a really good time. How was your Christmas? Um, Christmas itself was really quiet um, over here. So uh, my boyfriend was on call. So he was at um, at the hospital on Christmas Day. But we had like family FaceTime and um got to see the kids and everything but on so sad news the day after christmas um my dog passed away stanley yeah oh my god you didn't say anything i'm so sorry yeah it was um i mean it was it was tough and it's been tough these past few days and i haven't really um you know are you okay? a lot of people not really like you know i'm gutted i'm just like it's yeah it's oh you know God. you're up sometimes sometimes you're down it's just it's a loss it's a loss and you know our pets are like our children and you know he's been in my life for the past 13 years and you know i got him the month after i moved to philadelphia right so you know, rescued him from the pound and, you know, just all of our adventures and memories and, you know, just every time I, I think about, you know, the past over a decade that I spent with him, it's, you know, it's, it's good, but then, you know, you realize that you're not going to see that little sweet face anymore. And then he would, you know, give the best, like, hugs whenever he would see me. He'd run up to me and just hug my leg and, just, mm-hmm. you know, and he had such a personality because, you know, he was he was such a sweet dog. He was yeah. so tall. He had these tall little skinny legs and this small mm. little cute face with this old little yeah. grumpy man teeth. And those big floppy ears. Yeah. yeah. He was such a sweet dog. I am yeah. so sorry, Maurice. I know you are upset. Yeah, I mean it's <sighs> it is tough. And it's you know, these past few days have been been um, been tough. But you know, he had a really long and good life and just Everyone who ever met him just fell in love with him instantly because he was just so adorable. And, and you know, shout out to my ex because, mm-hmm. you know, we had our joint custody <laughs> arrangement. <laughs> and he, you know, he really, really, really made sure that, you know, Stanley had a good, good life, you know, right. as he got older and, and um, advanced in age. But, you know, it, it was, it was tough. It's tough. Oh. It's been really, really, really tough, and I didn't realize how many pictures and videos and stuff I had on my phone oh. of him. <laughs> because, and it's just like you flip back through and you just see like a little tail wagging, and you see, you know, just all the all the time you spent, and it was just um, it was it's yeah, it was it's hard. And I get it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm here yeah. for you. I mean, especially as dogs get older, like, you know, 
I had a young puppy when you know she would play with Stanley a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think as our dogs get older, like we think about that, but it, it, you, know, you don't feel it till it happens. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just so sad. Stanley is such a lovely, sweet, sweet, gentle yeah. dog, yeah. and I know you're you're like gutted. And I'm here. I don't know what I can do, but I'm here if you need. <laughs> and Stanley's in a better place. He lived a long, long life. Yeah, he was. Um, so I rescued him. He was already full grown. And so the vet could never really place like how old he actually was. And so right. when I got him, he was probably he was at least two, maybe three years old um, at that point. Probably could have been older. <laughs> just you just never know. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I had him for 13 years. So, I mean, he was he was old, but, you know, he still would, you know, have his puppy moments. And, you know, he was just always just so energetic and happy and, and just. He was very particular, though, <laughs> about, like, his food. His food. You, had to, <laughs> you had to, you know, heat his food up just the right way. He always loved his um, donuts on Saturday morning. You had to get him a donut. And, <laughs> yeah. But just, you know, stuff like that is going to be gonna be missed. But he was a sweetheart. And he brought lots of, of love to, to everyone. Damn. 2020 has been relentless. 2020 got one last one in. Ciao. <sighs> I am so sorry. Thank you. Okay. Well, moving on. Um, <laughs> I just don't know how to go on from that because I'm upset too. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this is our end of year wrap up show where we kind of review the year. Uh, it's been one hell of a year. 2020 has been one like no other. Uh, but before we get into our year in review and giving out our awards and talking about our hopes for the new year, let's talk about what we drink. And what are you drinking? Marcus? Yes. So I needed something a bit stronger than some champagne tonight. because We usually do champagne for the end of the year episode. Mm-hmm. But oh, this is what I'm going to tell you. So for Christmas, my older brother and my sister-in-law got me a... Um, a Bartesian, the yeah. cocktail, the cocktail dispenser. Oh, one of my girlfriends so, has that. <laughs> yeah. So it is like, think of it like a Keurig for like cocktails. And it is amazing. So my friend Camille got one, uh, I want to say a few months ago. Okay. And, um, you know, it was like, ooh, that's, that's cute. Like I would use that or, you know, and then mm-hmm. so. But somehow my brother read my mind because we didn't even talk about about this uh, machine. And so um, he texted me. He's like, you're going to get a package delivery <laughs> for Christmas. And I was like, okay. You know, so didn't open it until Christmas Day. And okay. then it was that. But so it comes with these little pods. And each pod is like all of the like mix, the bitters, the natural fruit juices for the for the cocktail. And you fill up these four like cylinders with whiskey, gin, vodka, um, rum, and then tequila. And you can like swish them out and stuff. But yeah, you put the pod in, it scans the barcode on the top, you close the lid, you press like the strength of the drink. It can go from like a mocktail up to like strong. <laughs> which, mocktail. <laughs> yeah. But the strong is what I'm at. And um, yeah, and then you just press a couple buttons and it is like a Keurig. Like it pulls the liquor from the, the chambers that it needs to make the cocktail. There's like a water reservoir on the back and it has like this extensive list of, of cocktails 
And so you just get the pods. And when you think of it, it's very smart because, you know, say you want to make a specific cocktail, you need a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Right. And, you know, bitters and this. And, yeah. Stuff will cost you so much to get well, it all in the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And so it mixes it all in the pot. Everything is like no preservatives, um, natural juices and, and natural, you know, ingredients. And it makes a bomb ass cocktail. Wow. I'm looking yes. it up as we speak. I see you get a monthly pers- <laughs> subscription. Subscription. I'm like, yes. you would need those pods, or yes. I was about to call them K cups. Right. <laughs> <laughs> those pods. This is genius. You know, my yeah. girlfriend, I had a margarita last year, actually on New Year's Eve at my girlfriend's mm-hmm. house because she had one. Mm-hmm. And she made mm-hmm. a margarita from it. And I was actually surprised with how good it tasted. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised I at the quality. Yeah, the quality. I thought, eh, nothing beats mm-hmm. a hand shaking right. cocktail. But this, I might need to get me one. You might, because it is really good. I am enjoying this. I got me a whiskey sour tonight. I tried. Um, oh, you doing drink. a you doing a brown liquor? <laughs> Child, yes. Oh, it's, it's been a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I had this one drink, and it's a gin drink, and you know I do not do gin, but Camille was like, "You got to try this. It's called Uptown Rocks." Ooh, and that? it's got gin, it's like peach, um, some citrusy notes, and I was in love with that drink. So I ordered me a whole pack of the Uptown Rocks pods because it was nice. good. It was really, really good. Love it. That yeah. is so awesome. I'm going to have to really mm-hmm. check this out because this is an investment. It is. You know, a gift for true alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> right. This part of me was like, do I have an alcohol problem? <laughs> Y'all always get me an alcohol drink, but I it's love just it. Thank you. You know, this y'all. is the yes. Jetsons envisioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now we just need yeah. flying cars. <laughs> <laughs> One oh, day. Lovely. One You're day. Having, oh, whiskey sour. Yes. What are you drinking oh, tonight? I'm drinking champagne because I thought we were sticking to the memo. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I, and okay. I don't have, and I don't have a large barista <laughs> in my home. But, um, you know, I might have to treat myself. Use that stimulus check, girl. They approve. Girl, my, I heard they voted on that today, child. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. You know, I have lots of travel upcoming, so but oh, we'll talk right, about that do. later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So um, now that we're done with your drinking, let's hop into a quick year in review. I think that this year has kind of been a mind work in terms of time and space. Mm-hmm. It has been mm-hmm. both the shortest year and the longest year all in one. It's like right. to get a concept of time in 2020 just makes no sense. So I was actually in, prepar- in preparation for today's show, mm-hmm. I was thinking about the year. And I think one of the big things that happened towards the end of January 2020 mm-hmm. and that kind of shocked us all and kind of set the tone for the year. For the year. <laughs> the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, yeah. Gianna Bryant, along yeah. with, um, I believe it was like seven or nine seven. other people in the seven. helicopter mm-hmm. yeah. um, crash in California on the way to Gianna's basketball game in Sacramento. And I think, I just, I remember, it feels like that was two years ago. I don't know why. It does feel like a long time ago. Like, cause I remember vividly, we recorded we were an recording. episode of the podcast and then we wrapped <laughs> recording and I walked out of the studio and was like, oh my gosh, Kobe Bryant, all the news sources are co- reporting mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant dead. 
and we went back in and recorded a segment remember and yeah discussed yeah mm-hmm. so it seems like so long ago since we were in the studio but that was yeah. actually january of this year Damn. so yeah. yeah that was really just sad and that was super devastating mm-hmm. um do you have anything to kind of give us a recap about what happened in february I uh, don't really remember what happened in February. <laughs> I know it was um, the Super Bowl happens in February. Yes. And <laughs> that was the J-Lo and Shakira halftime. Like, I don't remember who played. I don't know who won. <laughs> I don't remember any of the commercials. All I know is Shakira and J-Lo were doing the halftime, and it was a lot of coochie in the face. And yes, a lot I of hair rips. too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, remember, that's all I remember about that. I do remember um, waiting for tonight and me dancing <laughs> in front of the TV, going deep, like going oh, hard. Okay. Anyone who knows me knows that Waiting for Tonight by Jennifer Lopez is one of the best dance songs ever. I will give her that. She doesn't have many accolades, but that's one I'll give her. <laughs> <laughs> that's her only good song. That's like the only good one. <laughs> I still be acting like I'm dancing with the green laser beam. With the lasers <laughs> in the water. Right. Down in the jungle. That's a good one. But yeah, that's all I really remember about February. Mm-hmm. And then we get to March. And March is when shit went down. Um, coronavirus shit is getting real. I remember, because mm-hmm. my birthday is the very end of March. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was March 13th. And I was at work. And we got an email like, everyone needs to evacuate the building is shutting down people are working you know take your laptops you're going to be working from home until further notice well initially they they were like two weeks right right they were like it'll be be two weeks it'll Mm -hmm. be two weeks and then we'll be back yeah and then um my job didn't make me go back i want to say around like end of may i know it was like after may june i want to say may june Mm -hmm. then we closed down again it was just you know then they brought us back in august and they closed down again Mm -hmm. but Kid, I remember it being March 13th was the last day I was actually like in, in the office. Yeah, mine was, was I want to say it was around the same time. I don't remember exactly, but I remember because I remember them saying it was going to be two weeks and we we would be back around like the 27th mm-hmm. and that never happened. And then, you know, I switched jobs and I still right. got that laptop. From that old <gasps> oh my job. gosh! They did not ask for it back, so... So you can keep that. I might be selling that thing. Child, just take it, like, you know, just you can clean up a laptop and resell it or whatever. Right. Or, you know, or use it for your extra I got, I got Hunter, <laughs> I got Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, God. Go get it. <laughs> but it, I kind of remember, you know, that's when things were also kind of scary. Because, like, I just remember mm-hmm. it was March and CNN had, like, the death count. And also being up here in the Northeast, you know, by, you know, with two hours from New York City, it was kind mm-hmm. of serious in the Philadelphia region. And it's just like you keep you kept seeing the number of people that were getting it, the number of people that were dying. People were like, come April, they were putting people up in, the, um, you know, 18-wheelers and the freezer trucks. It was just getting mm-hmm. scary. Uh, but I really don't remember much after April. But there was one scandalous thing that did happen in April. What was it? And that was former governor, uh, Florida gov- gubernatorial candidate, Andrew Gillum, being Oops, found. Uh, 
face down, ass up. In the hotel. <laughs> amongst all of the drugs. With a well-known male prostitute. Yes. And that was a scandal. It was juicy. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I think he kind of got off like scotch-free with that. He, well, so the thing, it happened at the perfect time. Because immediately after that, he went to rehab, quote-unquote. Right. Conversion therapy or whatever. Uh-huh. And he ended so and then that was the height of like lockdown and coronavirus and pandemic and so mm-hmm. he got maybe a day and a half of press maybe because i mean the major story was coronavirus hard <laughs> right yeah and then he disappeared but then he reappeared and i was like girl you could have stayed gone because nobody mm-hmm. cares no anymore. one cares at this point yeah, yeah. and then i think it's funny because it's like reminiscent of the whole year at least for me I was just making this list off the top of my head. I didn't like go back and do any research or anything. But then I have nothing for May, June, July, August, <laughs> or September. And when I think about those months in terms of what was happening in the world, it's just a blur. It's just a blur. It reminds me of that one meme that all the celebrities were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a photo challenge where they had like a picture of themselves all cute and fresh in January, a picture of them in love in February, a picture of them like cute in March, and then April through August was just like terror or like increasing amounts of terror mm-hmm. <laughs> or like dishevelment and looking crazy. Uh basically saying how the year goes. But I have I don't remember anything of, you know, anything major happening in the world during those times. Well, I mean, aside from like the George Floyd and the protests and Black yeah, Lives in Matter. June, yeah, that was a big thing that was happening or in the in the June time frame, mm-hmm. I remember. But yeah, all kind of meshes together. Like, like you said, like it was just kind of five, six months of like, mm-hmm. I don't even know know what to call it. Like limbo. Like, what is going on? Limbo. Like, yeah. What day is it? What's happening in the world? Like, because you know the things that usually happen to kind of, you know, mark the times. Like, you got Labor Day. You got Fourth of July. You got um memorial day you got all these things that kind of like okay it's may oh it's june oh we're getting ready for fourth of july oh okay school's about to start oh it's you know labor day and we didn't have those like markers and milestones yeah to kind of gauge the time Mm -hmm. and what was happening because the world was closed that's why i think that you know it makes timing or thinking about the year hard Mm -hmm. but you are right now that you say it like in june end of May, like in all of June, there was lots of protest and unrest mm-hmm. over George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. Um, a lot of unrest. Yes, Portia was out here being, you know, Martin, <laughs> Portia Martin Luther King. King. <laughs> um, and that's really just like what I remember. And then it kind of, and, and you know, everyone had like a black box on their Instagram and then all that kind of just disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, time to, it was July. And it was just, it was weird. It was a weird year. Mm-hmm. But the, the next thing I remember happening in the year, which was just crazy to me, was in October. And that is when that orange person got the got the Rona. Allegedly. Uh, yeah, allegedly. I don't, um, really, I don't believe you got it. You don't? Mm-mm. I, 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 I mean, we talked about it. You can go back to our October episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our ideas about that. But I think that it was just a ploy for like yeah. sympathy, the election yeah. less than a month away, because he contracted it on like October second. And I'm like, okay, girl, the election's November third. Like right. no. Yeah. Don't try to pull a stunt on a gay 
right? <laughs> it was after that first debate, and it was like leading up to the second one, which was on I believe, the fifteenth or something like that. Right, right, right. And it, so I, I feel like it was like, okay, how am I gonna get out of this debate? <laughs> right. So you got the Rona, a stunt queen. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do remember that happening. But I do remember like watching a lot of news about him having it. And mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I don't wish the Rona on nobody, no person, um, except for him. <laughs> so, you can't do that. I said that. Oh well, I said it. What you gonna do? I can do that, and I just did. So, <laughs> loop. So that's, that's that on that. Um, yeah. In November, November was a super exciting month because yes. November 3rd, we got Kamala Harris, the first Black, African-American, and South Asian woman as vice president. I would like to say that on May 1st, 2019, we called it here on this very podcast. We did. We did. Did we not? Called we it. said it is going to be a Biden-Harris ticket and Kamala mm-hmm. will be the next vice president. Yeah. Boom. Did it not happen. So credit us <laughs> on all things. Yes, we saw that happening. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to offer us some jobs on, you know, predicting the future, you know, being, being the gay version of a Clio yeah. and, 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 and giving some direction, um, we'd be happy to. Um, Nate, Nate you know, Silver, 538. Holla. Yes. Holla told, at us. Told y'all, told y'all. Mm-hmm. Long ago. Yeah. Saw this in the cards. Yeah. And then, and then came December. And the Queen of Christmas returned. Yes, she did. Spreading joy and cheer. <laughs> did you see those memes? No. So she had she had her um, Mariah's Magical Christmas on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. And listen, your fave could never have a whole holiday associated with her. When Christmas comes around, y'all know it's Mariah Carey season. But <laughs> they had those things, and it was like they would put her in like, um, like an ice chamber. <laughs> it was like, see you next year, girl. <laughs> no, I saw now's the time. I see, I see it every year, but it's the movie uh-huh. that says now's the time of year when Mariah Carey returns to the ocean only to reappear <laughs> next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also slight shade to her because it kind of says like she don't do nothing else but Christmas. She, this year she I released would be... a memoir. She released a new album, The Rarity. Mm-hmm. She's done a lot this year. I would be fine with that. Like if I knew all I had to do was show up December 1st through 25th and right. I can get me a nasty check, child, <laughs> please. I would be right <laughs> up there doing it too. <laughs> right. I mean, talk about the passive income. Okay, that's yeah. what I'm trying to get to. She is at where the money resides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's where the money resides. That is where the money resides. Where the money resides. I love that guy. <laughs> I absolutely love him. I, I, I follow him now on Instagram because we all want to be where the money resides. And that's on um, who? Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> is his name Durrell? I forget him. It's like Durrell, Darrell. Darrell, whatever. Something. I don't know. We like, were down at the Honda. His pants be toy. It, um, I, he's not like Big Frida. Like the first he time does. I heard it, yeah, it's just Big Frida. But he really he, does. He, I got you, Big Frida, do a song with him. <laughs> what? They, they can make it a bounce song. They could make a bounce. Yeah, because he's <laughs> from. Um, Darrell is from, I think Baton Rouge or somewhere in Louisiana. Mm. 
So it's that probably, ain't that far. They probably already laid the track. Exactly. Because he was I on Versus. He was, he was? Yeah, he was at the Versus with, um, whoa, I don't know, some of the rappers. Oh. <laughs> the E40, E40 and somebody. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, hopefully in 2021, we'll be where the money resides. <laughs> oh, that's what we'll I'm see, trying to be. We'll see you over there, Darrell. Right. All right. Well, that was our quick year in review. It's been a hell of a year. I'm not going to say it's been a shitty year, but it's just been a hell of a it's, year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that we kind of get into our little realness section. We talk about just how the year has had an impact on us personally. Um, and not that I want to be totally negative, because I think, you know, that's just Ooh. eating a dead horse. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what? I'm stepping out of my norm, Maurice. <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, obviously this year has been a struggle for everyone with, you know, job losses, having to change, you know, your normal lifestyle, coronavirus fears, pandemics, money issues. It's just, it, it's been a year like no other collectively for the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i don't want to just harp on the negative i think a lot of good has come from this year as well yeah i agree um but you know marisa what do you want to keep from 2020 like going Ooh, so many things um i would keep social distancing because y'all know i do not like people like that <laughs> stay away from me don't be all up in my face yeah I'm going to keep wearing my mask because you don't have to smile at nobody on the street. Like, give that little fake half smile. Like, you don't have to, like, even really look them in the face, like, because they're going to be so far away from you anyway. And so I think it saves you from that. Like, I don't have to shave as much anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll be days. Sometimes I go out the house and my face is not even washed. <laughs> but I got my mask on. Like, I haven't brushed my teeth. But y'all can't tell. But who can tell? Because you're six feet away from me and I have my mask on. So when you haven't brushed brushed your teeth, you can tell with the mask on. Because I have also been there. Like, oh, my breath is tart. Let me go. (laughs) That's the good thing about the mask as well, though. Yeah. Yeah. But you just you just keep it to you. Um, so you know, if you have to run like a quick errand, like in the in the early morning, like sometimes I have to run to the post office, right? And I'll, you know, you got to get there at eight when she opens that door up because I'm not trying to wait in that line with right. the way they be acting out lately. But um, and then working from home, I want to keep that forever. Right. And my my job was like we probably won't even go back to the office ever mm-hmm. again. So I'm cool. Yeah. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. What I about think, you? Um, I think that for me the one thing i definitely want to keep from this year i think that um is the the cleanliness and the sanitary Mm -hmm. practices Mm -hmm. um that plexiglass at the store that could stay (laughs) i I, I like it um i like a barrier between me and and, in the public Mm -hmm. um them little dots that's on the ground keep them too (laughs) back back they six feet back. You don't need to mm-hmm. be all up in my transaction seeing me punching my debit card number. <laughs> you know, um, I do like the social distancing. Mm-hmm. I think that's just that. I do like the cleanliness. Like I have been to places where between each transaction, they're spraying down the, the they machine, wipe it down. Yeah. they're wiping everything down. We need to keep mm-hmm. that. And it's really illuminated to me how nasty, how dirty we was operating before. That's true. Like, You're right. You're right. It was real nasty. raggedy. And we need to, and, and we, this is set a new standard, and the standard needs to stay. Mm-hmm. It just the, the cleanliness in the public needs to be where it's at, and it can still improve. Um, yeah, again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
work from home should also stay as well. I, I'm going to agree with you there. Because I think that it's going to save employers a lot of money on their second mm-hmm. biggest expense after salaries, which is space. Yeah. yeah. So you can redirect all the money you're paying in leases or mortgages that you have for these offices that you really don't need. And you can downsize that office for mm-hmm. if and when you need a meeting in person or if and when you have to have, you know, host outside clients or guests or whatever. But for the most part, I think we've exhibited that people really can work from home more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And y'all can redirect some of that money into folks' paychecks. Into my pocketbook. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> so <laughs> it works for everyone. Um, yeah, those are the main things that I think that should stay home. First, the cleanliness, then the mm-hmm. working home. Um, I'm a proponent of wearing masks, but I would like to go out to restaurants one day. Uh-huh. Nope. Do all that again. Really? No, be- because, uh, no. <laughs> because you see how they're doing with, like, even the dining outside. And some of them are going crazy. Like, they're building, like, these three-sided structures. It is little huts. Out of, like, metal. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, metal and, like, glass and all this shit. And they everybody's huddled around that one space heater they got in there. And I'm mm-hmm. like... Them nachos ain't worth all of that. It's not. And I'm just waiting for I wanted the little things to catch fire. To just explode. Oh my God. Did you see the one? Do you see the ones at Mission Taqueria? Yes. It's like so, a, a little hole in a table. In a table with like the heating elements projecting out. And it's right by your food. Like I'm waiting for somebody to get burned. That yeah. thing's gonna explode. Like y'all just need to give that up. Yeah, it's too much. But yeah. I'm saying, like, I do want to return to restaurants maybe in 2022. Like, maybe. You know, it, it is draining because I think mm-hmm. a certain part of life and culture has been lost. There's, I mean, yeah. it has. It has. And I, but, but we're talking about the things that That's were the a, Yeah. <laughs> right. What's, what, was... what's, what's been the hardest part about the year for you, though? Um, not... I mean, aside from what happened the other day, but not right. much. Like, cause you know, I'm more introverted. I love to stay at home and do my things around the house. I don't like being bothered by people. I'm fine with like staying at home and getting um, food delivered and all things. The only I think the hardest thing is that the gyms are closed because yeah, you know, I'm trying to get this body right. Or yeah. And it's hard to do that at home. Like, I yeah. think, like, you know, in March, April, May, I was I had my little home gym. I was getting mm-hmm. all types of equipment from China and the Facebook Marketplace <laughs> right. um, to work out at home. But it's a max of what you can do because you just don't have yeah. that way. I get that. Right. Yeah. I, don't know, I think for me, the hardest part was just staying my ass in the house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as you I'm know. still struggling with that. <laughs> you know, I take it day by day. Um, I am a person who likes to be out here in these streets, ripping and running, and doing mm-hmm. this here and that there and everywhere, and seeing all mm-hmm. the people. Seeing the people I like. See, I like my friends and I like my yeah. people, but I don't yeah. like the public. Um, yeah. But I like to be out and about in the public with my people, if it makes sense. Yeah, um, but, um, yeah. What's been hardest for me is just sitting my ass still. Yeah, because you still don't do it. <laughs> whatever I do, I do nothing all weekend. Uh, okay, but um, I'm proud of myself because yeah. I've never said I've never watched so much TV in my life. I'll say that. Yeah, no, that's that staying home or staying still is a is a challenge for you. So, you know, it I don't could know. be uh, yeah, it could. I mean, you 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 did better than I expected you to do. Thank you, thank so, you. So tens for you, bitch. <laughs> oh my. So what are but you? That, 
that was a cute mm-hmm. question. Thanks to my my sister in law. Um, yes, that question on her Instagram today. So we kind of stole that from you, girl. That's girl. I stole that. that. I said, "Well, that's good. I like that." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what are your intentions for twenty twenty one? I hate the intentions. Or resolution. I think <laughs> intention. You say intentions, which is kind of like it's not definitive enough. Uh, for me, it's like, well, I intended to make a million dollars, but <laughs> I didn't quite get there. Right, but resolution just seems so restrictive. <laughs> well, yeah, could be. Um, so actually, one of my intentions for next year is that I'm going to start the year and do um a little veganuary situation. Oh, vegan? You're giving up cheese. Yeah. I, oh, no. Well, so as so this is why it's going to be an intention because that's what I intend to do. <laughs> y'all know I love cheese way too much. And that's really the only animal product that I eat. Like milk every now and then. But honey. cheese, I don't really do honey like that. Okay. But like cheese is my, my main thing. Right. And so I'm going to try to be as close to vegan as possible um for a couple months um and then we'll see how it goes we'll reevaluate all right i'll be checking back in (laughs) right because you know my favorite vegan place in toronto toronto Mm -hmm. um planta they just started um like shipping like nationwide shipping so you can get like the the planta entrees delivered to your home and i ordered me a big old box of stuff that's such a week. great plan. Talk yeah. about a pivot. They really adjusted to the corona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did. But yeah, I'm just going to try to be vegan for a little bit. Just to be healthy. Or have a milestone uh-huh. birthday coming up next year. Okay. And um, yeah. Let's see what see what 2021 has in store. What about you? Awesome. My intentions for the year, um, I kind of have them like grouped into certain areas. First, it's like, you know, finances to keep, you know, growing my money. Um, I really am intending to get into more investing because I feel like I've saved more money this year than I've ever saved before, which is also a good thing because mm-hmm. I saved my house, my ass in my house. Um, mm-hmm. I spent a lot. I used to spend a lot of money on food and alcohol. Yeah. Um, more so alcohol. Because you can't do that no more. I guess it went to my savings. So that's great. Uh, but I, I want to kind of, my intentions for this year, I mean, to kind of like get into investing also I'm going to purchase my first home um i uh in a career form i have a couple of options that i'm currently working and i don't want to kind of talk on them more so i'll just say right. generically that um i'm working on continuing to build my firm Bettis law group um have some things in the works with that and then um personally just to continue to grow spiritually as a person work on my fitness work on my personal growth and um just be a generally happy person to try to thrive. But those mm-hmm. are my goals. You know, I, I also don't really like to talk about my goals and intentions because I kind of like to just do them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want people to be busy. But that's just, that, that's keeping it general enough it keep, about giving yeah. a point by point plan. Right, right. Are you going to do a vision board? You know, this is the thing. Last year, I did a vision board with some of my girlfriends. And my one girlfriend, uh, I went to um, her little, uh, she, we had like a little luncheon at our brunch at her place uh, last weekend. Ooh. Or weekend before last. And was it outside? No, it was inside, but her See, house mm, is really big. Okay, mm, anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I saw her vision board sitting on the floor and I was like, girl, I'm not even going to do one for 2021. I was going to reuse mine. But I mean, I did get a lot of the stuff done, but it took us like eight hours to make those vision boards. And I still have yeah. it hanging up in my bedroom the yeah. first thing every morning. But I'm like, you know, 2020 just thought a whole year away. I could kind of rework this board. And she said she's not doing another vision board either, but she's keeping her 2020 vision board because she said everything she put on her vision board happened. And I do think there's some power to that, but I'm just going to try to kind of, I'm going to try a different thing with manifesting. Actually, I have it okay. to do tonight after tonight's call because it's a cancer moon. And I have to kind of like manifest my things with my candles and my meditation. But, okay, Mary Ann Williamson. <laughs> yes. I did order the, um. You did some peyote? No, I didn't do no peyote. <laughs> <laughs> but I did order the, um, oh my God, why am I blanking on the name of the book? Uh, a Course in Miracles, but I am also doing that in 2020. That's a part of my, 2021 is a part of my spiritual development. So yes, Marianne mm-hmm. Williamson. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's, that was cute. Uh, real section. Let's get into our <laughs> favorite part of this episode. So we're doing our best of the year categories. We're going to start off with some personal choices um, in, in entertainment. And then we'll move into some different categories for y'all. Great. Sounds so great. First, yeah. So first up, movie of the year. What would you, what's your favorite movie of the year? Well, it was really tough because I actually did not step foot in a proper movie theater at all this year because of coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, I think that well, a lot of my... <laughs> so I think, you know, usually I go see every movie that's out during Oscar season, which is basically like late October until now. Uh, so it's been just kind of a weird year because I'm always used to being in the movie theater. Uh, but the best things that I viewed this year were actually, visually, was Black is King by Beyonce. Um, that's going to be my best movie. I thought it was just, it was a visual treat, first and foremost. Just the cinematography, the costume design. The um, set design, the choreography was all great. The music was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a really good film that I actually watched, because I do love documentary, and I think it was one of the best of the year, because it really informed me a lot about something I admittedly don't know much about. And that was a documentary that was done and executive produced by Laverne Cox called Disclosure, mm-hmm. where it talks about um, the representation of trans people throughout film mm-hmm. and television. It was just really illuminating because I, I admittedly don't know a lot about trans history, trans culture, even a lot of the proper language to use. And it was just really informative to me as a member of the LGBT community to really watch and gain an understanding in a place where I admittedly don't know a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought it was really, really good. So those are my two movies. Okay. Um, My best movie of the year, because I, I haven't really watched that many movies either. Well... Um, yeah, I really, I don't think I've watched much this year because I just haven't, but, um, my favorite movie is one I watched recently and it was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom mm-hmm. with, um, Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman, um, it had <laughs> Colonel Taylor from Different World and what's the other guy's name? I forget, but that movie I feel is gonna garner a couple at least a couple oscars definitely i heard they moved the oscars to april oh wow okay Mm -hmm. because they want to have it like in person 
Okay. With an audience, and I was like, "Oh, girl. good luck with that girl." <laughs> okay, right. um, um, but yeah, the acting was amazing. I just think that, um, yeah, that's my best movie of the year. I definitely am rooting for Chadwick Boseman for a posthumous Oscar. I really think he's going to get it. Supporting role. It was a really mm-hmm. amazing performance. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so what were uh, your best TV shows, Maurice? So I have three because I could not narrow it down. Uh-huh. To- to just one um i feel like the mandalorian season two was amazing i talked about it a few weeks ago i think and that last episode was just oh my god if you haven't seen it go see it um so that was good um second was uh lovecraft country starring journey smollett and i forget the other guy's name but um it was it was creepy, but it was intense so weird. and mm-hmm. weird, and it had a lot of layers to it. But I think it was good. Um, but I think my favorite, favorite, favorite show of the year is Michaela Cole's "I Will Destroy You." On what channel? Get one. I forget. It's HBO. <laughs> HBO. I'm yeah. You. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just, whew, it was so good it had it was so intense like the story and what she was able to do in like 22 minutes of time was amazing i feel like she is going to wrap rack up at the emmys and she should deserve it so yeah the show was really uh, i loved the show i do want to go back and Mm -hmm. watch it again because i think a lot went over my head especially Mm -hmm. in it being a dark comedy yeah yeah um and and given the subject matter it was dealing with Mm -hmm. With, you know, a drug facilitated sexual assault, but it mm-hmm. was a really, really good show. I've loved everything she's done since Chewing Gum. Uh, I think she's absolutely brilliant. Um, but my favorite TV show, I have to say, was brought to light to me by my boyfriend, uh, who is Australian. And the show is called Wentworth. And it's about an Australian's women's prison. And it had eight seasons. So it's not like it's a new show, but damn it, it's new yeah. to me. It was riveting. It was so the acting was great. The writing was phenomenal. The the, the photography, just everything about the show had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. It was just jam packed drama. It was just really really it's great like television. Oz. It's better than Oz. Ooh, Oz <laughs> better meets than Oz. Orange is the new black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's way, like you can't because Orange is the New Black is a comedy. This is a drama, and it's, just, it's such a good show. Just I've never seen such an amazing group of actors, and um, you know I love a strong female lead, and there's many strong females in this show. I uh, bet in that women's prison. <laughs> it's, just, I'm just it's a great show, and I can't wait for the ninth season to come out next fall. And then a really good show for me because everyone knows I love trashy um, reality TV. I'm not mm-hmm. much for the uh, dating or love genre, like The Bachelorette and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I very, I am very much into social experiments. And this was a show that came out earlier in the year called Love is Blind, where people went on dates where they actually could not see the person. They were in two separate rooms separated by a screen. And then they actually had to fall in love with someone. And then they got engaged. And then it kind of went to like this 90-day fiancé zone. And it was like, will or will they not get married? Super corny, super not my type of show, but I loved it. I love the concept. I thought it was a great social experiment. 
and I fell in love with a couple, Cameron and Lauren, on the show. I follow them on Instagram, and I think they're, they're annoying to me. They are so annoying, but I love them, and I think Cameron's really everything cool. is a paid post for them. I'm like, girl, don't you have a real life? Like, and this money? Hashtag paid partnership with everybody. I'm like, girl. Barefoot wine, paid partnership with <laughs> They do everything. Oh, they drink barefoot? No, man. <laughs> Well, I guess. I guess. (laughs) So our next category is best music or song of the year. What you got? Mm -hmm. Okay. So my best, best album is by a British artist. And I've listened to her for a few years. But this album was by far her best. It's been in all the gay scenes everywhere. It, It was playing in Fire Island when I went this summer. It's just a hot album, and it's by Jessie Ware. The album's called What's Your Pleasure. It is very 80s. It's late 80s, early 90s vibe. Um, this music sound like it's just plucked right out of that era. It is such a good album. It's one of those you could just put on and play all the way through, and just dance and have fun, and it's upbeat and it's light. It's just a great album. My number one album of the year. My number one song of the year and this is also supported data from Spotify. <laughs> when you do your, your rap at the end of the year, my number one song was um, Lady Gaga, Rain On Me with Ariana Grande. It's just a fun dance song, a great dance track, you know. Um, I really mm-hmm. did need some... You never heard it? Mm-mm. It was supposed to be the anthem of Pride. What Pride happened this year? Well, it was supposed to be, I said. <laughs> <laughs> Maurice knows I usually listen to sad, depressing, melancholy music, but I just couldn't do it this year because it was sad enough. So those are my song and album of the year. How about you, Maurice? (laughs) That was a long uh... (laughs) gone. Mine is... (laughs) Mine is um, the musical moment that everyone was waiting for this holiday season from the moment Mariah posted that picture of those director's chairs with the initials on the back, A.G. and J.H. Um, it was the old Santa remix or version two, whatever you want to call it. Because it wasn't really a remix. They kind of just redid the vocals. But uh, it was that, um, which was part of Mariah's Magical Christmas. It was amazing. J-Hud added her flavor. Um, that whistle register at the end when Ariana and um, Mariah harmonized, perfection. Musical good. moment of the year. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, this year I actually started a book club with my girlfriends. I'm a little bit behind, but I have done a lot of reading this year, more than in years past. Um, okay. So Maurice, what's your favorite book of the year? I have a feeling we already know, but you can tell us. <laughs> Right. I only read two books this year. Um, So I read Finding Freedom, which was the uh, story about Meghan and Harry. And Mm -hmm. by Omid Omid Scobie, he's a a royal journalist and some other lady. I don't remember her name. And um, then the second book I read was The Meaning of Mariah Carey by Mariah Carey, featuring... um, Michaela Angela Davis. Mm-hmm. Why do you laugh? Because <laughs> I, I forgot her name. But um, but yeah. Huh? Nothing. 
Oh, but yeah, both books were good. Um, the Megan book, it gave you a, little, a bit more insight, but I felt like it was slightly biased because um, the author was, you know, definitely trying to keep his connect. He didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> um, but the Mariah book just gave you so much layers. I loved how it was done, how she interwove like the stories with like the songs, behind, you know, the story behind the song and like the lyrics. And then she gave you the whole Derek Jeter um, moment, which we already knew the lambs knew like, you know, what songs were about him or whatever, but it kind of, it was good getting like some of the backstories to the, to the, to the things. And I feel like she could have gone a little bit deeper in some areas, but I mean, you have to leave the people wanting more, not asking for less. So book of the year 10. Okay. I did read that one. That's the one I'm actually on. I'm almost done. So, but thus far it's been really illuminating about Mariah. Um, Mm -hmm. I've read, eight books this year and my favorite usually is memoir and mariah has actually been like my number two book uh but there was one standout book this year that was really really good because i'm not a novel person but mm-hmm. this one got me um and it's such a fun age by kylie reed it was just a fun read it was a quick like beachy read but it had passion scandal betrayal there was racial justice issues and it was also really fun because kylie reed is a writer from philadelphia and the book uh, takes place in Philadelphia. And she was just really descriptive about certain places, um, you know, in explaining where things happen in the book. And it's really fun when you can just read the book and actually picture the place because you've been there hundreds of times, you know it and see it like the back of your hand. It has made the book come that much more alive in my imagination. Um, so it was a super fun book to read, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Lee. Cool. All right, so let's get into some of our other categories for best of 2020. <laughs> what was the best viral moment of 2020? <laughs> I think that usually when we say what's the best viral moment, it's something like a meme yeah. or something that happened on um, Instagram or Twitter. Mm-hmm. This year, it would probably be something or some dumb challenge that happened on TikTok. Yeah, but or that fly, I, or the fly that landed on Mike Pence's head. Right, like that's usually Me. what we pick. But this year we went quite literal. And the best survival moment was the one that Corona did on us. I mean, viral, that is the true definition of viral. It has gone viral. I think that it has also yielded lots of really good memes. And... That and it is too hard to pick out one. I will say that memes have gotten me through this year. Mm-hmm. I have laughed so much from random accounts on the internet. Uh, and nine times out of ten, it was something to do with Corona. Right. Well, <laughs> the Corona Cardi B song that they remixed. Oh my god, that was hilarious to me. It was, yeah. Shit is getting real. <laughs> it's getting real. It's still real. It still is, yeah. The ship was supposed to be gone at Easter. (laughs) You know, it's just going to disappear. When the Mm -hmm. summer comes, poof, it's just going to vanish. Getting still. Look at us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our next category for a best of is the best comeback. Maurice, what was your best comeback of the year? Best comeback of the year is Uncle Joe Biden, who is president-elect of the United States, president number 46. He started off the year rough. 
Like we were still in primary season and he was behind. He was coming in like third place in the caucuses and in like the early, early primaries. But then Uncle Jim Clyburn down in South Carolina got everybody in formation. He called up <laughs> Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> <laughs> he called up Amy Klobuchar and Pete. And he was like, y'all need, to, y'all need to drop out. They made some backdoor deals. And Uncle Joe has been winning, winning, winning ever since that day. So he started from the bottom, and now he's here. Yes. Mine is somewhat in the same political vein for Best Comeback, and I'm just going to say the Best Comeback is the Democratic Party as a whole. And and that's still up for question because we haven't taken over the Senate, and we are still having a major battle that's presently going to happen and is going into 2020 in Georgia, where there's still two Senate seats that we need in order to control the Senate, and that only gives Kamala the tie-breaking vote as Mm -hmm. vice president. So, you know, I'm not trying to speak too soon, but I think that, you know, looking at the Republican Party, looking at the, the the followers or fans of that orange person and how asinine and how willing and how dumb they were to just believe any old lie he would say was really frightening to me. And I saw this this growth of hate and this this growth for um you know hating science and information and people who were different. It, it gave me a lot of fear, but I think that the Democratic Party came back and showed that we're not going to handle this. Made Orange Person the four-term president. They turned Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia blue in that election. Texas was, you know, nearly blue. I think that Arizona, you know, also Arizona as well. Thank you, and nearly got back the Senate, but you know, we're still, as I said in my previous statements. Um, I think the Democratic Party had a good comeback based upon what they were facing in the four years prior. So go ahead, Dems. I don't know. I was expecting the blue wave to come, and a lot of the down ballot tickets didn't, races didn't turn up. So, right. yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we would be in a much different situation if um, those down ballot, like the Senate races and the House races, were overwhelmingly Democratic wins but i mean we're where we're at and i I, we'll see what happens um soon so going from (laughs) messy scandal oh (laughs) going from come come back my bad this whiskey is talking um let's go to uh not let's go to the best messy scandal of the year i think this good messy scandal uh, and scandals are usually always messy. A scandalo was entanglement. Um, as we all know, um, Jada and her mother, Gammy, and her daughter, Rillo, have Red Table, where they talk about certain social, political, cultural issues across three generations at this hideous Red Table. Yeah. Um, and... Jada had to bring herself to the Red Table, which everybody was waiting to hear uh, them discuss and the discussion was kind of bullshit they really didn't address anything because they really did try to control the narrative but it was right. really talking about how jada had this affair with some young boy rapper i don't even know his name i don't remember his name like that's how mm-hmm. crazy i want to say august august, august, august wilson oh 
No, not August Wilson. Don't do that. <laughs> he dead anyway, girl. Right. August Alcina. And um, it was just a scandal. And I think that, you know, there everyone has known. It's been basically been an open secret that they're swingers. And I think just watching how messy it was with them trying to manage that was scandalous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was scandal on top of scandal. And then when August Alcina came out with that song, Entanglement, which was actually pretty good. <laughs> it was a bop. Yeah. It was a bop. I was like, okay, this is the mess that we're here for. Thank yeah. you for delivering. Thank you for giving us distractions. That's what we needed. But go ahead. Uh, that honor goes to Will and Jada. How about you? My, me- my messy scandal of the year um, goes to Megan the Stallion because she got shot. I don't need to laugh. But yeah, she got shot by somebody, some rapper she was allegedly dating. And it was just a mess because she didn't really say, like in the beginning, she didn't say who it was. And then she didn't want to press charges. And then she was in the hospital. And then people were like, oh, you're making it up. Oh, and then he was, so then he was like, oh, you stepped on some glass, girl, you lying. And it just became like this mess. (laughs) And she was saying one thing. She finally posted the pictures of her feet and said, and then she came out with this video saying she was trying to protect him. So she didn't want him to arrest it. And like stuff was, you know, too much stuff was already happening to black men. But then I was like, girl, it was a mess. could have got him deported. Yeah. Yeah. Back to Brampton. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually nice. Brampton's lovely. It's a lovely yeah. Toronto suburb. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to act hard. You ain't Drake. And Drake ain't even hard. It's a family show. Oh, my, bad. <laughs> my bad. But <laughs> moving on. Yeah. What was the best clapback of the year? The best clapback of the year was done not over to Twitter. Not in some comment on Instagram, but the best way to do it, the old school way to do it, to one's face. Mm-hmm. On live national, international television during a debate, I'm speaking. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. By none other than Madam Vice President-elect Kamala Debbie Harris. Yes. Love that that was a moment. Because yes, he kept, he just kept interrupting her, and he was just like talking over her. The female moderator, I forget her name, um, mm-hmm. or she, and he kept talking over her, and he, it was just like, okay, like people think that Mike Pence is not as bad as Trump, or he's better than Trump, or something, but he's still spewing like the same lies and BS. He just doesn't in a calm demeanor and an even tone, mm-hmm. but. What you're not going to do is talk over a black woman. No, ma'am. Not one who's in her spot there and has something to say. You know? And and... she looked good, too. That hair was, like, bouncy. She had her pearls on. And she did it nice and nasty because she was like, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Okay, but you can... Mm -hmm. And we can have a conversation about that later. Yeah, but then she had, then she get that little smile, but then mm-hmm. her eyes were kind of like scowling at him. It was like my mother used to do to me as a child. It was, yes. it was 
perfect. Yes. But I also think that the beauty in that moment was that she said so much in saying so little. Two words, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm speaking. speaking. Because so many women in workplaces, so many mm-hmm. women in their homes, so many mm-hmm. women in social, social circles, mm-hmm. in classrooms, voices are not heard. And she just it was a simple, elegant way of saying, I'm speaking mm-hmm. and my voice is valuable and what I have to say matters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me the give me the space to do that. She not even give, she, she demanded the space to do that. And mm-hmm. that was it was a shiny moment. Yeah. It was everything. That's my bag. Yes. And you know, one of my personal faves for a category, and Maurice likes to tease me because some of my <laughs> some of my my selections have been questionable in the past. Ooh, I, Billy I, Porter. I take back last year's Billy Porter. <laughs> okay. Um this is the category of best sleigh. Now this year it was hard to do a best sleigh because people wasn't out and about. There was no Met Gala. There was no red carpet functions. Mm-hmm. There was it was hard to see the best fashions of the year. But we're still bringing it to you, Maurice. Who was your best sleigh in 2020? My best sleigh of 2020, and she she gave it to y'all on multiple occasions. It was Meghan Markle in her. I guess farewell tour of the UK. She was in, um, I believe it was in early March and she was in the UK for a number of engagements. And, you know, usually she does like very muted colors, very like dark tones or very monochromatic, but usually very neutral, which is like beige, you know, taupe or Mm -hmm. black, navy, gray. But mama said, okay, I'm leaving and y'all are going to see me she gave you an old nasty cerulean moment in the rain (laughs) with um prince harry then she gave you that like stunning um bright red gown with like the cape Mm -hmm. and the train in the back and her very very final engagement which was commonwealth day at westminster abbey they had like some kind of service and she wore that old nasty green with the cape on the one shoulder. Yes. Oh my that, God. That seems like so long ago. I forget. We were talking about these. Look, they were phenomenal. Yeah. She gave me everything. Green is my favorite color. So she did that for me. She did that for me. <laughs> but Mama looked it good. She was like, I'm going out. Y'all going to be green with envy when I'm gone. And she peaced out looking yes. good. Those yeah. are like very, very, so- very memorable moments. Absolutely. Best sleigh of 2020 for me. My best sleigh, um, the person's not going to surprise you because she is an international supermodel of the world, mm-hmm. Naomi Campbell. <laughs> you know, today I learned that Naomi calls her fans, her fans Panthers, and I am one of the wow. biggest Panthers. I don't know why. <laughs> but Panthers are black. She's black. They walk very sexy. She walks the catwalk very sexy. African, I get it. I get it. I'm a Panther, Naomi. And Naomi gets the best slay this year. No, she wasn't in Versace. No, she wasn't in an Alaya, who was her papa. No, she is not in a Gucci or an Hermes. But she was in what? Her PPE? <laughs> Slayed down at the airport. I have not seen anyone serve a, a COVID look as fierce and as beautifully as she does. Naomi, she let y'all know how to travel. See, 
on these airlines. She has a hazmat suit, a full beat, a, a goggles, a face visor, a mask, and gloves. And she a did Fenty wrap. And a Fenty wrap. <laughs> she had Fenty. Fenty. I was like, girl, that you need to dissipate that thing too. <laughs> but she did it in style. She did it in fashion. And she's keeping with the times. A true video, fashion icon. Yes, that video was everything. She wiped out everything. She gets them from Amazon. She surely does. You know? And, and, that's the, and that's the true statement of our fashion. It's not about having the latest designer or the hottest clothing. It's about making it your own. And that's what yes, she did. She did that. She did that. Go ahead, Naomi. Best slay. <laughs> Best slay. <laughs> Going from slay to chopped, what is something that you want to stay in 2020? Don't bring it to 2021 at all. Something that needs to stay or or someone or rather this this group of someones <laughs> that needs to stay in 2020 are Karens. Oh. Um, no, not people with the actual name Karen, but people who will be identified as a Karen. And these are usually white women who Mm -hmm. are loud and wrong. Um, Karens have kind of been all over the internet, you know, stealing candy from Keith, cursing out people for doing their job, alleging people stole things when they just trying to live their life and go to work or catch the bus, you know, following people, always just yelling and and acting very disorderly and very ghetto. Um, Karens. I'm tired of y'all. Y'all need to have like a a, a Karens AA group. You need to handle your racism, handle your your bullshit, and get yourself together. The, the 53% of Karens, which is white women existing in the country. Um, Karens, we, we ain't got no time for you in 2021, and we want you off our internet, so we want our internets to go back to fun. Not Karens. Yeah. And stop, appropri- and stop appropriating. Did you see that um, Hilaria Baldwin mess that was going on this week? No. So Alec, Alec Baldwin's wife, she claims her name is Ilaria, and she's um, from Spain. But this bitch is from Boston, born and raised. She puts on this um, Spanish accent. She named all of them 50,000 kids that they have with, like, Spanish names. And she claims that she is a Latina or a Hispanic. I see this New York Post. It's all blue. <laughs> with a matador costume. <laughs> right. right. And Twitter is going in on her these past few days. And then she's put out this video, dumbass video, because um, she was like on, you know, like Today's Show, all of these like early morning news shows. And she's speaking in a fake um, Spanish accent. She's like forgetting the English word for cucumber. And it's like, girl, come on. So they outed her as, you know, a Rachel Dolezal, basically. And she put out this video saying that she can claim that she is Latina because she knows how to speak Spanish. She says that her parents live in Spain now, which they do, but they're like retired and they retired to Spain. It's not like they're actually from Spain. Girl. Yeah, so she's making all kinds of, she she is she's just a Spanish version of a Francophile or Anglophile. Right. Like she can she can speak Spanish and she's like, I wanted to raise my kid my kids as bilingual. I'm like, okay, girl, download right. Duolingo like everybody else do and call it a day. But you don't right. get the claim that you're um 
a Latina and you're on the cover of these Latin Latina magazines, hello or hola and um Latina mm-hmm. and claiming that you Spanish girl, bye. Girl, bye. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad. Yes. All right. So now we go into our next section where we kind of try to play, you know, MerriamBobsterDictionary.com and talk about <laughs> the hottest word of the year or, you know, the words that were used the most of the year. Which ones do you have, Maurice? So Dictionary.com and Merriam-Webster, they both listed the most used word on like their websites or their words of the year is uh-huh. um, the same word. It's pandemic, which is the word we've been hearing 50,000 times a day, every day, for most of the year. Yeah, definitely pandemic. Um, I think other words are obviously corona. I I don't think the corona, the cerveza, uh, in my Elaria Baldwin, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, really capitalized on the moment. They did, yeah, they did. But I kind of also get why. But Mm -hmm. Corona was obviously also used a lot this year. I think that for me, words that I didn't realize were words were like social distance Mm -hmm. and and mask up, you know. You know, mask in the gay community always meant something else, not the thing you put on your face. Yeah, Yeah, I don't like the mask up. I don't like mask up either. Yeah. They were all in my office like, knock on my door so I can mask up. I'm like, I didn't like, it just didn't fit well. Yeah. Like right, so those are our, our words of the year. <laughs> so, now we'll get into our, on, our, we're leading up to our person of the year. We're going to talk about our honorable mentions, people that had some really, really good years, or <laughs> really, really good year, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and, but didn't quite get the person of the year status. Right. First up is Dr. Anthony Fauci. I have not known a doctor more outside of, um, heard more in my life than Dr. Seuss or uh, Dr. Huxtable until I heard Dr. Fauci. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci is a leading um, virologist. Let's see, what kind of doctor is he? I don't know. Okay, well, he does something like with like disease and transmission. and he works at the is it the um, NIH National Institutes of Health and Allergy, and he has been at every press conference, every briefing. He's a world-renowned doctor and physician. I've heard him talk so much. I actually really like him a lot. Just seeing him so much on television. Um, He's an immunologist. That's right. That makes sense. An immunologist. So. Dr. Fauci is definitely a person of the year. I think that he's more trusted than that orange person when it comes to handling and dealing with the coronavirus. And I definitely think he is a great honorable mention for person of the year. I disagree. um, Because I just feel like being like so respecting your career, like he's been at the um, Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease for since 1984 and you know he's been doing this for a long time but the fact that he would stand behind that orange clown and let him just talk and just say whatever came out of his mouth but he would not correct him on camera he would not like step up to the podium and be like excuse me but you know this is what's really going on and i feel like he just missed like the fact that he was up there so much so often and he had the opportunity to get on the mic and really give us really valuable information that we needed i just feel like it was a misstep and him and uh, debbie 
Dr. Burks. Dr. Burks. Uh-huh. Who, Debbie, Debbie says she ain't coming back after the new year. Y'all can have it. She's going to wow. wrap up in that silk scarf and float away. Because <laughs> she was another one. Like, she up there, like, just uh-huh, nodding her head and, like, just let him, letting them say whatever. And it's like, girl, like, this is wrong. Like, how? Where is your integrity? Where right. is your ethic? Like, you, you took the vow to do no harm as a physician, the Hippocratic Oath. But you're letting this man harm these people by saying, don't wear masks, saying, don't do this, inject yourself with Clorox, <laughs> and, oh, you just need a strong ultraviolet light. Bitch, what? Right. I think that, you know, they were trying to respect the office of the president, uh-uh. but not realizing that the person who holds that office don't respect the office. And, exactly. like, and I think that they were operating in an old mode as if we had a legitimate, normal, sane president. Wow. And I do think that since... Uh, Fauci has, you know, kind of distanced himself from the Trump administration. He has been more vocal. But I do also agree with you in terms of like where there was that missed opportunity early in the mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. But girl, do better next year because um, <laughs> Biden, Biden is keeping him on. I'm like, girl, you would have got fired for that. For yes. <laughs> so the next honorable mention of the year is going to I've never actually watched this show, but he did have a really good year. And that is Dan uh Levy. Yeah. Canadian. My boo. The, uh, yeah. With the um Schitt's Creek television show. Mm-hmm. He I, acted I just, in it. He was what else did he do in that? Was he producer? He was a producer, writer, writer actor, and director in, of many episodes. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it's a funny show. It's great. I love his fashion sense. I love him on that little cricket commercial, whatever cell phone commercial that is. (laughs) (laughs) I loved him in that lesbian holiday movie. I just love Dan Levy. I think he's super cute. Um, If I didn't have a boyfriend, he'd be my boyfriend. And yeah, I just, I'm just sitting here smiling and blushing over Dan Levy because I think he's just adorable. I don't think so. I think it's the ferret eyes for me. Like I, I, <laughs> I can. Oh, uh, I just I I like everything about Dan Levy. He, no. I I get him. So yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Person of the year every year. <laughs> well, he just got an honorable mention this year, girl. Yes, I doubt we'll see him much after this this year. But you never know. Our next honorable mention goes back to an earlier comment of mine. <laughs> Or it's not actually a person, but it's rather a group of people, uh, Karens. Uh, and usually the the honorable mentions for persons of the year is for people who are doing good work. It's to recognize their growth, their contribution to culture, art, society. Um, Karens showed up and turned out this year. They showed their motherfucking ass. They was out here on the internet and in these streets harassing people while they're just exercising, walking their dogs, shopping. Just living their everyday lives. All Karens really showed up and showed out. You showed your racism. You showed your bigotry. You showed your hatred. You showed your your support of the patriarchy. You showed your idiocy. And like I said earlier, y'all need to get chopped and stay in 2020. Um, I'm going to honor the work that y'all did because y'all really was out here trying to perpetuate the racism and the hate. And y'all y'all worked really hard, really mercilessly to get that done. 
Mm-hmm. So I will recognize your negative contributions, Karen. Right. Yeah, because it doesn't, <laughs> even like Time Magazine, like it is not necessarily for like the best person of the year or the like, it's just whoever had like the biggest impact on the year because mm-hmm. the clown got person of the year. Right. Before, mm. so it's like, yeah. yeah. Yep. Not, not, all, not all peoples of the year is, is great peoples, but said what we needed to. Honorable mention, Karen. You know you're not used to winning shit. Yeah. Try better next time. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> or don't. Yes, or don't. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now it's time for the big drum roll. The height of the show. The biggest accolade. Yes, yes. Person of the year. Of Who should go first, year. Maurice? Want me to go first? Sure. Okay. I think that my person of the year might come as no surprise if you are a faithful listener of the show. Um, this woman has broken barriers. She broke through the crack in the ceiling that Hillary put there. And um, I do believe that Madam President-elect Kamala W. Harris will be our next president. I have followed her career since she was a, um, a prosecutor in California. It's funny enough that I, when I was in law school, I was on like the board of like picking like the commencement speakers and stuff like that. And we actually mm-hmm. ha- ended up having at the time, I'm not forgetting his name, Lopez, but he was Obama's um, labor secretary, uh, give our commencement speech. And I remember at that time in law school, I wanted Kamala Harris to give our commencement speech. And she mm-hmm. was the uh, attorney general of the state of California at that time. And no one knew who she was. And now here we are. And she is probably one of the most famous and most powerful women in the world. She is a Black woman of mixed heritage. Her father's from Jamaica. Her mother is from um, South India. And she has gone to an HBCU, Howard University. She mm-hmm. is a, sor- a soror of the uh, Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And she has just worked and dedicated her life to her craft, to making the world a better place and leaving her mark. And she's just a modern person. You know, I think sometimes when we look at people who are history makers, we think of Rosa Parks, we think of Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman. We don't think of people who are living and walking and breathing with us now. But I mm-hmm. love Kamala Harris so much because when I look at her, I see my mom, I see my aunt, I see women I know. I see women who have been mentors to me. And it lets me know that I too can make history in my own way. I might not be vice president, but my contribution matters. What I do, what I do matters and can have an effective impact on people. And I'm just beyond proud of her. Um, watching her give her speech the night that they they did when she was wearing that suffragette white was a moment for me. It was actually a moment that was more what? It was crazy. Oh, I thought it was called suffragette white. Mm. Okay. okay, but you know, in that nasty pussy bow. Uh, <laughs> but um. I love that moment. To me, that moment was almost, it was actually more important than watching Obama win his speech because it was it was seeing the building blocks and the pushing forward, not only for Black people, but also for women who are mostly left out. And I think it's just representation of how Black women hold up our society mm-hmm. and, and really do the work. And I'm just so proud. And I think she deserves the highest honor as our little podcast person <laughs> of the year, Kamala Harris. Yes. Nice. My person of the year is going to come as no surprise to anyone either, but for the third year in a row, 
<laughs> of the year is none other than Rachel Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex. And, you know, everyone's like, it'll probably be like, again. Like, right. I'm like, again, child? Yes. She, she, she went off the grid this year. <laughs> is trailblazing because think of like she had a good year like she had a busy year and so they kicked off the year with announcing that they were taking a step back from being senior members of the royal family and people were like wow girl why would you do that girl like you know you can just stay in that and she's like no like she took control of her life and her power and she was like i'm not doing this like y'all are not gonna do this to me and you know she took a step back for her family, you know, she has the little baby Archie and, you know, Harry didn't want what happened to his mother to happen to his wife and, and, or his son, mm-hmm. uh, little Archie. So they took a step back. Um, they announced it in January. I talk about the farewell tour they did, um, back in March, which was my best sleigh. They lived on, um, Vancouver Island for a few months. They had, um, in May, Archie had his first birthday. Um, they bought their first, like, marital home, their first first home in Montecito, California, outside of Santa Barbara. But then in September, they got their Netflix deal. So they're going to be producing content for Netflix. And you know that was a nasty check. Yes. That was probably what either high like like 90 something or like 100 that's a multi-million dollar deal i'll okay. say 100 million. up there with yeah. the obamas yeah 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 because i i read that they modeled it after the obama deal and their, theirs was 100 um million dollars but um she became the first british royal to vote in the american election mm. um she had her first um investment she invested in like this startup companies um founded by women it's called clever blends uh-huh. <laughs> she sent oprah that latte yes. she's mixing up on um on instagram they have their charitable foundation called archwell and they already launched their first initiative called world um central kitchen where they basically build like these relief kitchens in areas that are affected by disaster um the first one is being built in dominica in the oh. caribbean that's my friend Chad's country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I and I went there earlier this year when I was on that cruise. Yes. Yeah. And then the second one's going to be in Puerto Rico. Um, then recently she had that piece in the New York Times where she talked about her pregnancy loss um, earlier this year. Right. And then, um, you know, so it's just, you know, being open and vulnerable. You know, throughout the year they've been doing their charity work as well. Um, and then in December, it was announced that she and Harry are getting a Spotify deal. Yes, podcast. podcast. <laughs> so if y'all hiring, y'all need to come over, give us a call. Here at might have to be a little less messy, Maurice. <laughs> right, that's not, on, that's not on brand for them. It's not on brand. But that was another deal. And I just feel like, you know, with all of the wealth and jewels and castles and palaces and, you know, all of that, glitter and gold she was willing to walk away from it and that is the ultimate power move like you can say evolutionary i don't need it 
Yeah. You can you can keep it because what y'all not gonna do is drive me crazy just for that. She's not gonna be miserable. So she took I feel like that was the power move. She took control of her life and her voice and she used it. And mama is still out here making moves, absolutely getting them checks. And I am excited and inspired by everything that she's been doing this past year. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us for our year and wrap up. You know, 2020 was a year with a lot more downs than ups. And so if you're like me and you're going into the new year without someone uh, that you love, just I'm just wishing you the strength, the support, and the time you need to heal. Um, also remember, you know, it's okay to cry because someone's gone, but remember to smile because they were here. 2020 has been a year. It has. It really has. I just want to thank all of our listeners for staying tuned and listening to us. Uh, however you have been this year, uh, we wish you a happy and healthy and prosperous year going into 2021. And we'll see you guys next year. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com.